0: Two pieces here, Dvorak and Kachaturian, that seem to go back a little ways with you. When did you first come to these? Concertos.
1: Well, I actually learned both of them when I was 15 years old, and I've been lucky to have had the opportunity to perform them numerous times over the years. You know, they're not part of the top ten violin concertos. I certainly play Mendelssohn and Tchaikovsky more frequently, but I do um, come back to them regularly in the rotation, so I've had the opportunity to live with them and grow with them, and, you know, they just feel like really a part of me at this point.
0: Dvorak seems to be one that's been coming on a little more to the, the concert stage the past few years. What about Kachaturian? What a brilliant and attractive piece. When, when is that going to be heard more often?
1: Oh, you know, I don't, I don't follow the stats of who plays what, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sh- quite sure. Uh, the Kajeturian is really a very special piece. Um, he, of course, was a Soviet composer at that time, and sometimes people um, misinterpret that as now translating to Russian, but he was not at all Russian. He was Ar- of no. Ar- Armenian descent and grew up in the country of Georgia, where he was surrounded by various folk music of people from the Caucasus, you know, Azerbaijani. And, and all these different um, kinds of ethnicities, and this was just you know just in the air around him. He didn't actually start studying classical till he was 18, but then um, he was obviously extremely gifted, and you know was a big success you know right out of school, and had lots of hits with his symphonic works and so on. Uh, but this concerto is absolutely brilliant. It's got, and that's why I paired the Dvorak and the because they each have you know a very strong influence that permeates the concertos of the rhythm and melodies of folk music, Dvořák of course being the Czech folk music, Um, but Kaciaturian goes one step further and really the the colors from the orchestra are very much imitating the sounds of folk music instruments. Um, He's got lots and lots of crashing cymbals, almost so much so that if it was another composer who wasn't from that background you would think that they were being exaggeratedly over-the-top. But, you know, he's, of course, coming from a place of authenticity, and it's great that he just goes for it. Just when you think that there's more than enough symbols, he adds yet more, and it's wonderful.
0: Rachel Barton Pine's newest recording features violin concertos by Antonin Dvorak and Aram Kaciaturian. Um, Kachaturian's piece was written for and championed by the great violinist David Oistrak. Uh, you also describe the relationship between Dvorak and the violinist that he hoped to write it for his contemporary, the great violinist Josef Joachim, who was not a big fan of the piece, was he?
1: Oh my gosh, what a drama that was. So Joachim, of course, was the you know, greatest violinist in Europe at the time, there in the mid-19, uh, mid-1800s. Of, he was Brahms' best friend and collaborator, one of the greatest pedagogues, etc. In fact, I studied in Berlin with a student of a student of Joachim for part of my finishing training. Um, anyway, you know, Joachim had played some of Dvorak's chamber music, and... Um, Liked his writing very much, and of course Brahms was a fan of Dvorak, and so it seemed like a natural thing for Dvorak to write a concerto for Joachim, as many composers before him had done. But Joachim was a strict traditionalist when it came to formal structure, And and Dvorak had this idea for his first movement that it was not going to have a recapitulation. He was not going to return to the original musical material that had started the movement. He didn't have a traditional cadenza, and in fact he never even ended the movement. Um, Of course, Mendelssohn Concerto, for example, you know, goes from the first movement kind of into the second movement. You don't have a break where you can clap and stuff like that, but he does at least have a you know, music that sounds like a conclusion and then it, and then it's like almost a little interlude, right? But with Dvorak, he never really concludes his first movement satisfactorily. Instead, he winds his way down. It's very poetic, very stream of consciousness. And then, ultimately, he just melds into the second movement. And basically, Joachim just couldn't deal with this. <laughs> and it was too <laughs> radical for, for his sensibilities. And um, for years, he and Dvorak went back and forth with different revisions you know some of it just technical things in the violin part as you always do when you work with a composer but but um ultimately he played the piece through with piano accompaniment gave it a try, trial run and then he kind of ghosted as we would say these days um, the poor yeah. <laughs> composer you know he just stopped returning his letters and finally Dvorak got the clue that Joachim had basically blown him off and and you know found a young Czech soloist, um, Czech, who played the piece brilliantly and performed it all over and, you know, the critics and the public loved it, and clearly it was a good concerto, despite Joachim's opinion, but oh my gosh. such a contrast to Caciaturian and Oysterock. Um, Caciaturian, first of all, wrote his entire concerto in just three months. It, he said the music just poured out of him because he was in this state of creative joy, waiting for the birth of his first child. I just think that's such a lovely image when we think about all these composers with angst and this and that, and that Caciaturian was just so joyful that he wrote this music. That's That's such a wonderful thing to think of. And then um, Oystrock loved it right away and played it and everything was smooth sailing and you know that's certainly what Dvorak had anticipated happening with Joachim, but it totally didn't. <laughs> ¶¶
0: Rachel Barton Pine's newest recording features concertos by Dvorak and Kachaturian, accompanied by the Royal Scottish National Orchestra. Rachel, thanks for talking today, and I really enjoy how you sound with all those (laughs) cymbals.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: For WRCJ, this is Peter Worf.